up? Ube Island, episode 17. Let's jump straight through it, or to it. Uh, Sixers recap. Three games this week, all pretty good games. First game was against the Celtics on Tuesday, and this was our first time seeing the Celtics at full strength. And by full strength, I mean Jason Tatum was there. They didn't have Evan Fournier who they picked up at the trade deadline, but I, I don't really care about him. And it didn't matter anyway, as I will talk about soon. It was a pretty easy game, mainly because, one, our defense looked pretty damn good. I mean, Ben Simmons was on Jason Tatum. Well, everybody was on their guy, whether it was Jalen Brown or Kemba Walker. Everybody did a good job sticking on their guy. But the thing that I was most impressed with was our team day team defense was really well it was really superb i think we did a good job helping each other out and as a result we didn't have jason tatum or jalen brown or any of them going off on us and on the flip side joel and b looked fantastic this was uh probably his best game since his return from injury it was an easy 30 plus point game but most notably he had like what 20 free throws he made 16 of them easy game for Joel Embiid and yeah <laughs> I mean Boston doesn't have anybody that could guard him they didn't address that at all in the offseason they thought it would be gravy but it turns out that they really need somebody big to guard him because they have nobody I, I mean <laughs> I guess Taco Fall is tall enough to guard him but even him, even he wasn't good, a good enough defender for Joel Embiid and as a result, we just saw JoJo just dominate, as he usually does, as he's been doing this MVP season. And yeah, we swept the Boston Celtics. And as for the Celtics, they are in the seventh spot in the East. <laughs> and that's pretty bad. Yeah, they've had issues with COVID. I mean, Jason Tatum was out for an extended period of time. But for the most part, I, I don't think they've been really injured. A lot of their underperforming and uh failure this season I, i'm not sure where it comes from because Kemba walker's still there he still looks good jalen brown still looks fine to me jason tatum still looks good and then marcus smart is still marcus smart but the rest of it is the issue like they don't really have that great of a supporting cast there's no more gordon hayward from before marcus morris and oh yeah i forgot that what's his name tristan thompson was injured but Again, that probably doesn't matter anyways. Jo JoJo probably would have feasted on him either way. But yeah, Boston really lacks a lot of support. And whether they figure that out in the postseason, we'll see about that. Or if they even make it past the 7-10 through 10 playing tournament, you know, <laughs> that could happen as well. Well, it looks like we might play them in the first round. And I would honestly love that. I would, I'd love to sweep them. But at the same time, they're still dangerous with... Tatum, Kemba, and Jalen in them. The next game was the game that I was most looking forward to, which was against the Pelicans. Mainly because, you know, it's Zion, Zion Williamson. I mean, I've followed that guy since high school. And Duke, I didn't really watch college basketball. Watched a few highlights here and there. But yeah, for people that don't know or you guys that don't know, I don't really keep, <laughs> I don't really follow like all the highlights and every team outside of the Sixers anymore like I don't go through Twitter I don't know the highlights I don't watch Sports Center anymore I don't watch 
I really, I, I don't know what's going on around the league besides when I happen to stumble upon it, whether I'm talking to somebody or I, it pops up <laughs> in like the ticker below or something. Yeah, I, I, I haven't really watched Zion since his high school highlights. So this was like my first full game of Zion Williamson. And I got to say, like, I'm absolutely impressed with what I saw. I saw a guy that will be possible Hall of Famer in the future if he stays healthy. I'm getting LeBron-esque type vibes from him. Totally different players, but with different skills, skill sets, of course. But in terms of, like, the athleticism and just how just how talented he is and how he could score and deep in his defense and his athletic I just said that but yeah it was it's very LeBron-esque and absolutely fantastic Sion put up a light 37 points 15 rebounds eight assists he almost had his triple double <laughs> the game is so out of out of um it was out of reach for from us at the end that that Zion didn't really have to like pass it around or do anything at the end, so he didn't really get his triple double. But I was completely impressed by what I saw from Zion. First of all, he is kind of like Julius Randle on steroids, and I'm talking this year's Ju- Julius Randle. <laughs> and the only thing that he doesn't have right now is a jump shot, which is incredible. And he could shoot the jump shot as well. He ended the game with a jump shot, but. Out of all like the 37 points that he had, he didn't take a single jump shot other than the jump shot at the end. But it was all just like dunks, layups, and just driving to the basket. Or it was like getting offensive rebounds and then putting it back. But it's <laughs> it makes no damn sense like how easy it was for him. Like I see it myself with Ben Simmons, and I'll talk about him in a second. But Ben Simmons kind of does the same thing too where he just drives to the basket. But for Zion, it's like super different because one, his finishing is unreal. Like first, his athleticism, he jumps up so high and it's almost like he's floating midair. And he's so like, (laughs) he has the finesse and he has the skill set where he could like twist his body and find these weird angles, like finish the layup. (laughs) And for him at his size and and how big he is like that's not fair <laughs> that's like a cheat code and as for his size he's, he's not really super tall i think he's like legit probably six five six six shorter than tobias harris and so he looks like this tank <laughs> and he looks like he can't he shouldn't be jumping that or moving that fast but he is and it makes no damn sense but it's incredible to watch and we tried our best defensively to stay in front of him which is like the main <laughs> the main idea against Zion Williamson especially since he doesn't shoot or look to shoot at all like we tried everything Ben Simmons tried his hardest and we had other defenders on him to try and get him to shoot a jump shot at least like we were backing away from him and every single time he always found a way to get past to get hip hip to hip like right parallel with the defender and right when he gets like past you like right when he's like right when you're in line with them hip to hip like it's over like you're not gonna you're not gonna block it you're not gonna get in front of him you're not gonna recover he's too strong he's too fast he's too athletic for you to just block him from behind it's insane like (laughs) 
and he was doing it on everybody like Joel Embiid too like he couldn't even Joel Embiid wasn't even fast and big enough to like stop him <laughs> and it's an it's tough it is <laughs> other thing other things that to keep in mind like he, his handle is really good as well like I, I he has like this crazy in and out move in and out dribble move that got Ben Simmons or somebody <laughs> and it's like his killer crossover I guess but he has that move like he could do that off the dribble so <laughs> like I don't see any defender that could stop that <laughs> and you know if if that jumper ever comes around which I'm pretty sure it will he's gonna be pre- pretty much unguardable like we we saw that what happened or we saw how how successful Julius Randle is with his handle and his shot and <laughs> how easy the bucket is from but Julius Randle is not as good as Zion Williamson at the basket <laughs> so keep that in mind and he's getting like 30 plus 30 plus a game just doing that with his current offensive set offensive game and I'm 100% sure he's going to improve on that and if he does like this dude will be an all-star starter and he will take the Pelicans far in the playoffs. <laughs> Probably farther than Anthony Davis, as hard as he tried. And he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm not lying, it's impressive. And other things, I mean, his motor is insane. I think they led the league in second chance points or something like that. <laughs> and, part, and it's definitely partly because of Zion. Because every shot that goes up, like you can see Zion just always jumping at the rim and he's so fast like jumping and getting that second look on the rebound like it's again it's not fair (laughs) and how the pelicans are kind of below 500 or something like that is makes no sense to me but then again i don't follow them on the other side like we played like crap and one of it was the matchup between steven adams and joel Embiid. i think jojo for the most part he was missing his shots but Steven Adams did a good job just matching his physicality and just being a pest. And for the first time, I saw somebody block Joel Embiid's jump shot, which was insane. Albeit, it was like at the end of the shot clock, I think. And it was at three-point line, too. But yeah, that was insane. Like You don't see that often, but Steven Adams blocked the shot. <laughs> but yeah, off it was an off game for Joel Embiid as a whole. And yeah, he could have done better. whole team could have done better. And one of the reasons why we lost this game was, again, because of our bench. That second unit, once they came in, we saw, like, the game start to get out of reach. And they got on a huge 10-point run, and Zion was a part of that second unit (laughs) as well. And, like, our second unit continues to be just a dead end for us. Like, if Shake Milton and Furkan Korkmaz aren't magically shooting shots then we are screwed because my t-style continues to not really be an offensive threat Dwight howard is not as good as tony bradley like he's not reliable offensively and then mike scott like <laughs> you never know with mike scott but lately it's just it's been bad and we lose the game because we dig ourselves in a 10-point hole and also in the middle of this whole thing ben simmons is playing like absolute garbage I will get into I think so but yeah screw it Ben Simmons was playing like trash he's been playing like trash recently and yeah that was all those factors led to us losing against the Pelicans and that's all I would say about that game shout out to Zion Williamson again and Steven Adams 
final game against the Thunder. It's a back-to-back game. We didn't have uh, Tobias Harris and Danny Green who were resting, I think. And it kind of kind of worked out because Oklahoma City don't really have they don't really have anybody like besides like Tony Bradley, of course, and Dort and other people, but they're clearly rebuilding. Of course, like they're blowing it up. Sam Hickey like you know, they're trusting the process. So it was like kind of an experimental game for us and luckily we still came out with the victory. It was an easy win, but couple things to keep in mind from or to take away from this game one of it being that we threw freaking cork Maz in the starting lineup and yeah it's against a rebuild rebuilding okc thunder team but freaking looked really really good in the first unit and he looked good every time he was on the court yeah he's like a free agent at the end of the year and i hope that we re-sign him but also like this kind of makes you think <laughs> if we might entertain the idea of putting Furkan in the starting lineup maybe putting Seth Curry with that second unit just to provi- provide another scoring or a more reliable score in the second unit but for Furkan all season long like we've been throwing him like in that second unit and a lot of the times like you gotta be weary of his stat line because like we're really just forcing him to just create something out of nothing in that second unit and i've noticed i noticed like he's trying his hardest but he's playing the game that he's not supposed to be playing which is like putting the ball on the on the floor and trying to create a shot that's not really his game but he's really improved at it <laughs> like you can see him crossing dudes over but that's not his game but when we put him in the starting five or in this this unit with ben simmons and joel Embiid, you can see that he's he's more comfortable in his role and he was able to just be efficient and get the correct shots and he was nailing them and yeah something to consider you know <laughs> the other things that happened in this game uh most notably i don't think people people did catch it i saw it on the sixers reddit but i i tweeted about it as well it was a really significant event in that is that ben simmons took three jump shots in the paint in this game and i've been saying for the longest time that Ben Simmons does need a jump shot, but he doesn't need to shoot like threes and all that stuff. All he needs to be great is a TJ McConnell baby jump shot. Sixers fans know what I'm talking about when I say TJ McConnell jump shot. TJ McConnell made a whole career in, well, stealing inbound passes as well. But TJ McConnell always had this nice little baby jump shot, maybe from like 10 feet, 13, 15 feet from the, <laughs> from the hoop. But it's this nice little mid-range pull-up jumper that he would just pull out out of nowhere, and he'd always nail it. And Ben Simmons at 6'10", that shot is unguardable if he has it. Like, TJ McConnell, it was hard for people to block it because he always shot it at the right time. But Ben Simmons is 6'10", super athletic. And if he could have that jump shot, like, he can get, like, what, 20 a game. (laughs) It opens the game up for everybody. And he took those three TJ McConnell jump shots in this game and like i said it was unguardable he was wide open because people are already assuming that he's going to drive to the basket so they're sagging off of him so when he shoots these jumpers with his left hand sadly (laughs) he's wide open and he drained his first two shots and i think he barely missed the third one so he's two for three got those two easy buckets but it's a nice sight to see 
again, we're reminded of the fact that Ben Simmons likes to tease us a lot. So there's a good chance that we're never going to see those jumpers ever again. But it, it's, it was just crazy to see, and it looks like he worked on it. But man, if he could just get that damn shot, dude, we will be set. <laughs> like, everybody else is shooting it from the mid-range. Like, JoJo, Tobias, and now Ben. Like, we are set if we could just shoot that damn jump shot. But yeah, that is the Sixers recap. And for this week, next week, we have an insane schedule. We have the Mavericks. Then we get the Nets, but they're not going to have James Harden, but Kevin Durant is back. And then Friday against the Clippers. Oh, my God. But yeah, that's the Sixers recap for this week. Okay, next part. Uh, sad news this week is that it was reported that DMX passed away at the age of 50. He had gotten to, well, I don't, I didn't read the full details, but he ended up in the hospital and I heard reports that he was in a vegetative state where he was pretty much put on life support or something. Heard about his family or his children being flown out to the hospital. And at that point, like, I kind of got the idea that it wasn't going to end too well. And, yeah, the news finally broke out that he passed away at the age of 50. For hip-hop fans, we lost one of the best to ever do it. We lost a legend. It doesn't matter if how old you are, how young you are, when you got into hip-hop. There is a good chance that you stumbled upon dmx's music he's been so relevant and his songs have been our classics that have stood the test of time that have been on our playlist whenever we wanted to get hyped whenever we wanted to feel whenever we want to let some aggression out when we felt like punching a wall or something or you know or wanted to feel pumped up to do something dmx has always been on our soundtrack whether it is who we be, personal classic to me, or <laughs> get it on the floor, or the Rough Riders out anthem, or we right here, my another favorite of mine. <laughs> like he has always, he will always have a place in our ears, in our hearts, <laughs> with his music. And as somebody who makes music himself, oh my god. It sounded weird. But anyways, as somebody who produces music myself and who has a who loves hip hop production, that's how I got into hip hop. That duo of Swiss Beats and DMX is has to be one of the best duos in hip hop history. Like that one two punch with Swiss Beats and you know, his classic ad libs and his signature beats. Some people don't like it, but I'm a personal fan. But his beats over DMX's voice and his energy, there's no duo like it. And I don't know if it'll ever be replicated. Some people came close, like, in terms of the energy and, you know, the vibes. But, but DMX and Swiss Beats, still probably one of the best duos ever. And hopefully Swiss, is, and Swiss Beats is dealing with the death or well, and I hope he's doing okay. Hope everybody's doing okay. One of the things that I've enjoyed about his music was that one he he doesn't sound he sounds so unique, and this was something that we definitely took for granted back then is just how unique rappers sounded from each other. DMX is one of those artists that you'll never hear somebody like him again. You can hear people impersonate him like. Our, <laughs> 
like Aerie Spears had his classic impersonation of DMX. But there will never be somebody that will sound like DMX. There will never be somebody that has the mic presence of a DMX. Like, whenever he had a verse in a song, whenever he had a line in a song, like, you had to shut up and you listened to it and you knew it was DMX. So again, rest in peace to DMX. And I, I and many other people, hip-hop fans, will be blasting music, not just this week, but for the rest of our lives. And we thank you for your awesome music, and rest in peace. And to close it off, um, on the very, very flip side, across the country, um, Wendy, actually, her solo came out this week. Or last week, as I'm, <laughs> since I'm recording, you know. But, yeah, came out last week. It's a quick 20-minute uh, EP. But, damn, dude. You know, I, I, you know I, I even said it on this podcast. <laughs> like, I told you about Wendy and or mentioned about her from Red Velvet. And how ta- she's one of those super talented idols from across the, across the ocean, you know. <laughs> With her ability to sing and dance. But I don't know if I mentioned in the previous podcast, but I've always said that I think Wendy has probably the best voice in K-pop and one of my favorite voices in general because she's just she has it's super strong, but it's super smooth and (laughs) it's beautiful to listen to. And in this album, EP, whatever you call it, like water, she is singing. She's not singing. She is singing with the a <laughs> her voice is insane and she was just going off in this ep it's all it's mostly ballads so i don't expect like super pop songs that you could like do choreography to it's just straight up emotional ballads slow songs with wendy's strong voice and she sounds absolutely phenomenal <laughs> she is really putting out a lot of emotion on some of these tracks and she sounds beautiful and yeah you should check it out and there's also a nice little duet with sogi as well and that was that was cute <laughs> and that was nice i i think if you're if you're a revel of red velvet fan you you definitely enjoyed that but i was really impressed with it and again once again as i mentioned for rose solo a couple weeks ago like it's these little side projects that really make k-pop fun and it really we now with this project we get to see a side of wendy that we don't get to see that often and luckily sm entertainment entertainment was nice enough to give us this little project where we can really see wendy's talents and and again just like rose i hope they keep or keep exploring where music could take them because both of them still got so much to explore and <laughs> she but yeah awesome project i like the ep and the packaging looks pretty cool i don't know i might pick up that album later just like i because i ended up buying irene and Sulgi's albums like way after it came out but yeah i might have to buy that one but yeah that should do it for this podcast uh <laughs> 17 episode going strong <laughs> middle of april dang it's almost june but yeah worked on some music today uh i got my teeth matisse thigh jersey and like i said before would i fall in love with it 
I absolutely fell in love with it. It's an awesome add to the jersey collection. But I still want a Seth Curry jersey, so I am on the lookout for that. I'll keep my eyes peeled. And yeah, I should do it. That is the Ube Allen Podcast. Rest in peace to DMX. Thanks for listening. I'm going to go to sleep. It is midnight. Peace.